Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. Team. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to the Marks Minor League Report here on the High Hopes Podcast. I am John Marks and today on the show we're going to be speaking with Jason Waddell who covers the Florida State League for a number of different publications. You can check him out on Twitter. It's Jason at the game. He has great videos. If you've seen my retweets or uh, some of my tweets about what's going on down in Clearwater, then um, you've probably seen his videos. He's a great follow if you are trying to follow what's going on down in the minors with Clearwater. Now, in many years, and you'll hear me mention this in the interview that I had with Jason, many years, uh, the best Phillies minor league team may be the Lakewood, the Lakewood Blue Claws, or some years it's the Reading Fightins. Other years it's another team. It just depends where the best prospects are for the Phillies. This year, most intriguing to me is Clearwater and the Clearwater Threshers. You have Mickey Moniak, who was the first the the first overall pick just a couple years ago, who's been struggling. Uh, you have uh, Adam Hazley, their first pick from last year, who's really been heating up recently. Uh, and then you also have Sixto Sanchez. Now, Sixto Sanchez went down with an elbow injury, elbow inflammation, just a couple days ago. Uh, I taped an interview with uh, with Jason late last week. So this was before the injury occurred or he was placed on the DL. So you'll hear me, you'll hear us talking about Sixto right off the bat. They had an MRI. They don't feel they need surgery. It's one of the things where they sit them down for two weeks and then they re-examine them and then they take it from there. So it's never good when you hear elbow problems. But when you're a 19-year-old kid that's throwing the ball 100 miles an hour, you have to expect that somewhere along the way there's a possibility of there being elbow issues or even worse, I would think, would be shoulder issues. So so right now it's just the elbow. So we did speak to Jason uh, before the six-toe 
Sanchez injury, so keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that uh, as we get going in the weeks here and we, we look at a lot of the different prospects, uh, you know, the Phillies, after a slow start in their minor league, in all of their minor league teams, they've started winning games. They've Some of the guys that started slow have really come on. So um, it, it'll be fun to kind of check in with the different uh, the different teams and the different prospects. The Phillies really do have some nice, nice prospects in each level, and uh, especially pitching. The pitchers are the ones that are really exciting, at least to me. Some batters are coming around as well. So here's the conversation I had with Jason Waddell, who covers the Florida State League. And, uh, again, this is before the Sixto Sanchez interview. So here's Jason. All right, so Jason, um, depending on the year in the Philly system is is – which team you're really paying attention to the most. Some years it's been Redding, other years it's been Lakewood. This year, it's the Clearwater Threshers because you have a, a couple of guys who are, or at least in, in one used to be one of your top prospects, the other is now right now. So let's talk about some of these Threshers as um, as you've been seeing them all season long. And let's start with Sixto Sanchez, who I don't, I don't want to say a bad start to the season because he's still a young pitcher, but velocity maybe wasn't all the way back to start the season. What have you seen out of Sixto in his last few starts? Certainly the numbers are showing that, that he's back to what he was looking like last year. Uh, well, the, the main thing with Sixto is, is he's so young and raw, and, and he's a pitcher. And uh, he does have three-plus pitches in a fastball slider and change-up. But I think last year at Lakewood, he was able just to, uh, as long as he was around the plate, there's so much swing and miss in the Sally League that, that his numbers really played up. Uh, when Sixto first came to the Florida State League in Clearwater, uh, you know, he really struggled with sequencing and, and trusting his off-speed stuff. And I think that's what you saw early on. He would just fall in love with his fastball, and his command is good, but his, his command in the zone is not too good. It's almost like a here it is, hit it. And uh, even though it's high A, a lot of these 25, 26-year-old hitters can hit 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened to him earlier. So his last start was, was really the most complete that I've seen him. Uh, just really pounded the zone early with off-speed. Um, was able to get his change up and his slider over uh, pretty effectively the entire game, and that allowed the fastball to play up and then for him to use his off-speed to either generate weak contact or to get the strikeout. So we're starting to see the evolution of a kid who's learning to trust his stuff, learning to stay on the black and not in the middle of the plate, and and really kind of learning – what role is fastball plays? Because everyone gets excited about 101, but I've seen that 101 hit a long ways when guys know it's coming. Yep, no, uh, doubt, no doubt about and, that. And that's the biggest thing the last couple starts is guys aren't squaring him up anymore because the slider and the changeup are, are just too good, and, and now they can't sit fastball on him like they used to. Yep, really kind of kind of becoming a, a pitcher instead of a thrower, and you're right. If you're able to get by – with with your just your fastball but even at this this level you're not able to do that all the time so he's trying to figure out when to use pitches the sequences and everything else so so far so good what you've seen as as we sit here in the beginning i guess the, the first week of june absolutely i think this is i think he's about to make the leap um you know everybody fell in love with the stuff early on and uh 
you know, but but that's in a vacuum. And 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 at bat two at bat, I could post videos that that really made him, you know, his stuff stand out and pop. But uh, the numbers for that game weren't always, you know, where they needed to be. Now he's starting to really put it all together. And and I think the good thing for me is I didn't see him hit 101 last time I saw him. Um, he was much. He just seemed much more relaxed and with his off speed and just really threw it with confidence. And that's going to be the game changer. If if he can't command the changeup and use it effectively, fastball slider is not going to cut it in a major league rotation against major league hitters, um, especially when you rely on the fastball too much. So I, I, I really think he's starting to turn the corner and, and, and trusting his stuff and, and being able to sequence and mix it together to keep guys off balance the third time through the order. Yeah, good, very good points. If you've seen the the videos that I retweet on Twitter, uh, I'm getting them from our guest today on the Marks Minor League Report, Jason Waddell. So just at uh, Jason at the game. So the at sign Jason at the game is how you find him. Covering the Florida State League, pretty much every start that I see six though is because I'm watching on my app, but I'm, then I'm also getting the the highlights from Jason. So he's a great Twitter follower, and you can see all the stuff he writes for all the different sites that he does it for. All right, so six those looking good. Now I I've had a lot of conversation with 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 the minor league guys that I talk about the, the Phillies prospects up here in Philly. And there's always those whispers that are like, yeah, Sixto is a great prospect, but Adonis Medina really has a chance to be the better pitcher in the majors, maybe better command, four pitches and everything else. Hasn't had a great start to his his Florida State League career, if you look at the numbers, but how has he pitched, and, and, and what do you think of Medina? Uh, Medina, he, he he does have you know the, the third and the fourth pitch, so that, that gives him a leg up on, on really – you know, a lot of young prospects. I mean, you'd be surprised at the lower level of the minors, minors how many people are just fastball. And then you know, the fastball change, fastball slider, and they really lack that third pitch. Uh, and it's only a matter of time before, uh, in order for them to continue in pro ball, they become bullpen pieces. So, you know, Medina's young. He's really raw. We're going to have to be patient with him. Um, he struggles to command all four pitches. He's really inconsistent. And I think that's that's going to be the struggle with him. Uh, Sixto has always had good command. He doesn't walk anybody. Right. He just tends to throw it down the, the middle. Medina's on the opposite. He's just kind of all over the place. Right. And, uh, and, and so when guys are sitting fastball and, and, and they know you've got to throw it to not walk them, they're, they're not going to miss at this level. Right, Medina. You like Medina's stuff, though. It's just a, a matter of he's twenty. He's twenty-one years old, so you're still talking about young guys. But you like Medina's stuff. He he projects into a, a big league starter. You think? I think he can. It, it's really he's got a long ways to go. Um, Sixto is a lot closer, just because of the command. Uh, you know, but you know, there's no rush on Medina. Right. Uh, and and he's pitched better of late. He really really struggled early on. So, uh, what you see down here is once it starts to click, then then it, then then these guys really start to turn the corner. It so clicks. it's generally it seems might might seem like a gradual progression a lot of times, but you know when it clicks, it's there. These guys are almost night and day different players. Yeah. All right, let, let's. Uh, I'll just give you an open-ended question. The other before we move to the the everyday uh, players, um, 
Who else has impressed you as far as the pitchers? Um, I, I know that the Phillies have a, a couple of young guys that are in the bullpen uh, at, a, at a couple different stops or spots in, in the minor leagues. You're seeing what, uh, what, what Sir Anthony Dominguez is doing, uh, 11 appearances above single A, and they bring him up uh, and he's dominating the majors right now. Who do you like down there? Who's maybe a reliever or another starter we're not talking about? Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Bailey Falter guy. He's left-handed, uh, you know, has some really good stuff, pitchability. He's a big you dude, know, too, right? I'm sorry? He's a big dude, too, big, tall dude. Yeah, big, tall lefty. Um, you know, has, you know, good stuff. Uh, and it, he might be just a bit too advanced for the Florida State League. Um, he struggled his last start, but up until then, he's been just – He's been able to locate his pitches and, and make the hitters react to him. Uh, Mauricio Yovera is another guy that, that I like. Uh, he's a bit smaller, um, more of a two-pitch guy. I believe fastball slider, but the fastball gets on guys quick, and it's at about 94. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if he's got long-term, uh, you know, starter stuff, but definitely uh, his arm plays up and, and – as a bullpen piece, I think. And, you know, 94 from that size, he's got a really fast arm, so I like him too. No, Nice. All right, let's get to the, the, the everyday players here. And uh, I know Mickey Moniak has, has turned it turned it on of, of late, had his first home run of the season. Last year's uh, number one draft pick, Adam Hazley, also has uh, has started to heat up a little bit as we enter June. Let's start with Mickey Moniak. Um you know, really disappointing year last year, and um, as he as as he's in the Florida State this year, still young for the league. But I I guess I, the Phillies were looking for maybe some maturity in his game, a, a better plate approach, uh, less strikeouts, uh, better defense, just really a, a, some type of a, a plus skill, whether it was base running or power or or really beat up on righties. What have you seen so far from from Moniak? And um, we know he's been playing better as of late, but what do you see that tells us that that maybe he could be the prospect uh, that the Phillies thought they were getting when they drafted him first overall? Well, I feel like Moniak is – I don't know if he's ever going to live up to that 1-1 hype. Um, He doesn't project to be a a big-time power guy. He's got some good speed, and I, and I like his instincts in center field. Uh, you know, so I definitely think at this point, you know, maybe fourth outfielder type, uh, type oh boy. potential at this point. Um, but with that being said, he is still very young for this league, and I was really surprised after he struggled in the Sally uh, at Lakewood that the Phillies were aggressive and, and brought him up here because the floor, there is a huge jump between – uh, Clearwater and Lakewood. Yep. Um, just ask Jose Pujols, who really, really struggled last year. Um, from what I've seen from Moniac, the bat's kind of slow. Uh, the back shoulder tends to drop. He's a little indecisive at the plate. Um, he's more reactionary as opposed to uh, – he doesn't really look like he has a plan, so he's more reacting to the pitches, and he's not always, uh, he's not always guessing right. Uh, so there's a little bit of swing and miss. I think that this is a guy that would have really benefited from going to college, uh, you know. But it's hard to turn down, you know, the money when you're when you're one one. Yeah. So, you know, Phillies fans are going to have to be patient if he's going to if he's going to become the the everyday center fielder and 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 be that two eighty to three hundred hitter with a three fifty OBP and ten homers, twenty five steals. It's mm-hmm. going to take some time. 
Um, he has improved. It has looked a little bit better as of late. Um, but he's just he just needs reps. He needs experience. And, I mean, if, we're, if, if, if Moniak had been taken in the 12th round, uh, we'd be talking about how excited we are at, at some of the tools and the potential. But right. with the pressure of 1-1, it's, you know, I hope that it doesn't get to him to the point where it, it starts to hinder his development. Um, I think the bat can be faster. I know that I've talked to scouts that saw him in the Gulf Coast League a couple years ago, and uh, just between that and his BP, you know, they see a different hitter. Yeah. Um, and not in a good way. So oh. I think it has just to do with, you know, the, they talked about the bat speed in, in the Gulf Coast League and coming out of high school being a lot faster uh, than it is now. But I think it just has to do with, with just being a bit overmatched. And he's, he's almost, he's kind of like in. It, He's indecisive, so he's he's too late on the fastball, too early on the off-speed. Oh, wow. And That's he just so always seems to find himself in that 0-2 hole. You know, when, when things aren't going good, you stand, you get to the plate, and as soon as you put your bat on your shoulder, it's 0-2. And, yeah. and you're just trying to fight and react. Has, um, he, has he put on – because he, he's, he's only 20 years old, and some players, when they're 20, they look like they're 22, 23. They're just naturally – built bigger he looks he looks like a kid when he's out there has he put on some muscle I, I i thought i remember reading some stories in the off season where he he needs to get bigger i mean that's the biggest thing for me you talk about bat speed he don't look strong enough well there's that i mean i know I've, i read about his workout stuff uh i don't know if he has the body type to really carry good weight but at the same point or i'm sorry like you know some muscle but you don't want him to bulk up too big right. uh and i don't think you know, he really necessarily needs to get bigger. I just think that it's more confidence and and trusting his hands. Um, I'm not a huge fan of his of his stance. He's just real minimal stride. The hands, the hands, not really a lot of you know movement back into load to the load position, and so it just seems like the ball's on him. You know, before he can even get uh, before he can even get set up. Um, right. But he's going to take time. So I would anticipate. I would anticipate. I'd be really shocked if, unless unless he really just starts to turn it around in, in the second half, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't repeat the year to back down here in Clearwater. And and I think it would do him some good, you know, some experience in this league again, much the way that it's done with Jose Pujols, who to me is a completely different hitter than he was last year. All right. So before we get to Hazley Pujols, who has major power potential and has shown it in the minors, as you mentioned, is, is he nineteen or twenty now? Pool holes. He's still on the on the younger side of it, but he looks better this year. Even though the average still isn't high, the power is is there this year, right? Well, the average is up over three hundred. Last I checked, oh, it and, is. Uh, and so, uh, you know, last year he was overmatched, much like Moniac. It was going to the plate, and it was o two before he knew it. The bat speed wasn't there. The hands were slow to the ball. Uh, just you know, really lacked the confidence, and his swing was already long with swing and miss. So. You know, a lot of these more experienced college pitchers, you know, uh, really exposed him last year. But this year, he's much more balanced at the plate. He's not really overswinging. He's trusting his hands because the power is, is there. And I'm seeing a lot of opposite field uh, hard contact and, and a lot of opposite field home runs that you know, that were just absolutely demolished. I'm seeing big towering line draw, or big towering light tower power home run. Right. At the same point in time, I'm seeing this guy uh, just hit missiles to right field that are that just keep carrying and going over the fence. So 
definitely really just impressed with his balance and confidence. So that kind of gives me a little bit of hope that, you know, that Moniak with some more experience in this league would be better. I think the difference is Pujols didn't struggle in Lakewood where Moniak did. So right. uh, here's the thing with Moniak, just getting back to Moniak, because uh, player development and front offices don't always listen to scouts. So if a scout says a guy isn't ready, uh, sometimes it's a bad PR move for, you know, these first-round picks to, to repeat levels and stuff like that. So uh, I'm not sure if that's the case in Philadelphia, but I know that, that that is something that goes on, you know, with all levels of, is this guy ready to be promoted? Well, he's a high pick and there's a lot of buzz, so we're going to go ahead and promote him, even if, even if the uh, player development uh, is telling the front office he's not ready for this. So, right. Uh, I mean, I think that's what's going on with Moniak. It'd be, he, I think he would benefit just going either back down to the Sally or or to the or to the GCL just to help get his confidence back and 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 get him going. But you know that that would just look like a terrible PR move if that were to happen. So they're kind of stuck with him in Clearwater at this point and and hoping that he figures it out. But yep. I think the pedigree's there, and and much like Pujols, I think he will. Um, Adam Hazley, uh, average up near 300 now, uh, the, the, their first run draft pick last year. And here's the thing with Hazley though. He's 22 years old. So it's not like you have a, a kid like Moniak coming out of college or it's going to be coming out of high school and young for the league, still learning the game. Hazley was supposed to be able to contribute not, not right away, but he was supposed to be a close to major league ready player. And um, he definitely has, has, has picked it up recently. But so far, what you've seen with, with Hazley, what kind of a player is he? And have you been impressed? Were you expecting more? What do you think of him? I think I was expecting a little bit more. Um, I did see the opening day where he took P.J. Zoich deep on like a hanging breaking ball. So um, I do think that he's definitely got power in his bat, even though he's only got three home runs. Um, I, saw him, I saw Clearwater quite a bit in April. And... You know, Hazley's patient, not a lot of swing and miss in his game. Uh, you know, but he was he was a little pull happy. And that led to a lot of, you know, weak ground ball contact to second base. So, and I'm, I mean, not looking at, I don't have like his, uh, his percentages in front of me, but I would imagine that his ground ball percentage is, is quite high. And, and if it's gone down, it's gone down recently with, uh, with some of the changes that he's made. Uh, when I this past weekend, when I saw him again, he was uh, much more patient as far as letting the ball get deep on him and and using left field. He had a couple balls that were just really scorched to left field uh, for doubles uh, off the wall. Uh, one of them was down the line, down the left field line. So, uh, just with any hitter, you know, you got to use the whole field, and uh, and I don't think he was really trying to do that early on. But he's doing it now, and I think that's why you've seen the average come up. And uh, I don't know if if, if they're going to necessarily promote him to Reading anytime soon. I don't know if his swing, as it's currently set up, will will lend itself to 20 homer potential. It's really a flat swing, um, not a lot of loft in his swing. So, and it's more ground ball line drive. So, right. Uh, you know, I don't know how much tinkering they would do, especially now that he's going to left field with success and especially mid-season. Uh, but he's definitely someone who I think, you know, with a little bit of change in hand placement, uh, getting that bat off his shoulder and, you know, 
really flat with a little bit of a wrap to it. Um, you know, I think that, you know, they could add some loft to his swing, and I think he's got some, I think he's got some, some thunder in the bat. You know, it's just the swing doesn't really lend itself to showing it in game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point, you hope it clicks with him because he certainly got the he certainly got got the potential of doing it. It's just more or less now putting it all together. Hey, Jason, before we before we uh, we let you go here, one name that a lot of people don't talk about when you talk about the Phillies minor league players is a guy that that you covered in Clearwater uh, a little bit last year and then some this year. He just recently has been promoted to Reading, but is Derek Hall. Who I don't know I don't know what's in the water at Dallas Baptist, but every time you see a draft, yeah. you end up seeing a bunch of guys drafted from Dallas Baptist. So he's uh, he's a little bit older. Well, I guess he's twenty three in Reading, so that's not he'll be twenty three in July. That's not outrageously old, but all this guy done is has hit for power. Lakewood set a franchise record there last year. Got called up to Clearwater, hit some home runs in 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 a, a, just a couple games in Clearwater. Had eleven home runs in forty eight games, and then went up to Reading and hit a, a couple home runs just a couple games there is this um he seems like to me watching from the games I'm able to watch on on the ML MILB app and then from the highlights I'm able to see as well he looks like one of those he can only play first base because that's the only position he can play big power hitting left-handed batters who um you know he looks like a not a high on base percentage guy but certainly his tool is his power what has he seen from him do you think he's a likely major league player I love Derek Hall. I don't know if his defense, though, is good enough to play first base. He's kind of real choppy. You know, doesn't really have soft hands. Um, so I don't know how much he could actually – I mean, hell, if Philadelphia can run Tommy Joseph out there, <laughs> um, you know, then, then Derek Hall could certainly do it. Um, but uh, I, I think he might, you know, end up being a trade piece. I think he profiles more as a, as a DH. But that's okay because if, if – if they have to move him and he continues to hit home runs, then then that means you're getting, you're probably getting an asset back that can help the major league club. Um, but I love his power. Uh, he's got power to all fields. It's easy power. He doesn't overswing to get that power. Uh, just is really quick bat. A lot of loft to the swing. Um, he reminds me of Travis Hafner, the the Indians DH, right, right. and that was another just big, just a big donkey who. Slow, couldn't play first, but you you leave anything over the plate, especially middle end, and he ain't missing it. And and to me, that's Derek Hall. He really reminds me of Travis Hafner. Wow. So, which is exciting because Travis Hafner, all he, all the guy did for you know four or five years was was hit thirty home runs. So yep. uh, he, I I like Hall. I I think I tweeted out that you know Redding is like the the course field of minor league baseball. <laughs> yes. You know, with four months left, Hall might hit 50 bombs. Now, <laughs> I get it. You know, that's that's quite a bit of hyperbole, but, you know, that's – that's he's better than Dylan Cousins. Um, I don't think he has the hit tool that Reese Hoskins has. Reese Hoskins is just a natural-born hitter. Right. But he's, but he definitely has the power to, to, to hit in the major league lineup. And I, and I think the fact that he's left-handed – kind of lends himself to, you know, to really increasing his value. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's with the big league club and, and in a platoon-type situation or off the bench or if they move him, you know, so that he can DH in an AL park. Yeah, if he hits 50 home runs this year in Reading, which he might or come close to it, the Phillies will have a good, a good problem to have on their hands for sure, whether he can play first base in the majors or, like you said, 
You can use them as a as a as a trade ship to try to get somebody in there. Well, my microphone spoke. Jason, man, listen, it's been fun. I've been following you on Twitter. You, you do a great job down there in Florida covering the Florida State League. And a, a great Twitter follow if, if you're a, a Phillies or a minor league baseball fan. The videos are tremendous. At Jason at the game is how you follow him, him on, on Twitter. And, Jason, we'll talk to you again coming up soon, man. Uh, and keep doing your thing down in Florida. Always appreciate it. Hey, John, I appreciate all the retweets and, uh, and, and stuff like that. I'm glad to be able to uh, – you know, to be able to bring this content to a larger audience, and, and you're part of the reason that I'm able to do that. So I appreciate it. All right, Jay, appreciate it, man. Thanks, John. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.